This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 114 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I am speaking with Julie Ball from Sparkle Hustle Grow. And if you're not familiar with her subscription box, you are definitely going to want to make sure that you check it out. It is a monthly subscription box that delivers everything meant for female entrepreneurs. It is by far my favorite subscription box out there, and I look forward to it every single week. You'll hear us talking more about it, but today I am speaking with her to find out how to create a subscription box. I've had a lot of you reach out to me asking me questions, and I thought rather than me trying to do the research, why not I just go to someone who has a successful business doing it? So we're going to dive into that interview. Before we get started, we uh, when this actually airs, we are two weeks away from Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy. If you didn't get yourself a ticket and you're not able to t- attend, I know that one of the biggest draws for the conference was the fact that I'll be doing masterminding as part of the conference where you sit with other bloggers who are in different niches so that you can learn from each other and apply different principles based on what the speakers are talking about. If you can't attend, not to worry because I still have spots open and available for my Scaler and Builder Mastermind programs that are kicking off. So make sure that if you haven't already applied for that, you're interested in doing a mastermind that is facilitated by myself, you um, fill out the application so that we can get you into a program that is right for you. All right, guys, let's dive in. Good morning, Julie. How are you? I am good. How are you today? Very good. I am so excited to get to talk to you more about your business. Will you introduce yourself to everyone? Tell them a little bit about yourself as well as your business. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Julie Ball, and I'm the founder and chief sparkler at Sparkle Hustle Grow, which is a monthly subscription box for female entrepreneurs. It is our mission to cut through the clutter, through all of the things, um, to bring you the best of the best when it comes to personal development and business trainings and resources and tools for your office. Awesome. And I am a monthly member. It is honestly my favorite thing when I see you guys talking on Instagram about the box going out. I get all giddy about waiting until it comes to my box. (laughs) And the best part is it's a business expense. It's a write-off. Which you can't say that about any of the other boxes like FabFitFun and, and, and BarkBox, which are super fun to get as well. But what's so unique about this is that everything in it is going to help you move mountains in your business and you get to write it off. Yes. And I love it because it is, it's like all little kind of things that you don't necessarily want to spend that that go out and get yourself the pens. I mean, I'm literally holding one of mine right now. I love (laughs) pens. Um, there's so many little things. I think I look at my desk and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's from Sparkle Grow. That's from Sparkle Grow. (laughs) It's awesome. I absolutely love it. I really want to dive into kind of a lot more information about the subscription box kind of model, how you went to go about it. Um, and 
I have, my audience has been asking a ton of questions about it because a lot of them are interested in possibly developing them for themselves and their websites. Um, so one of the first questions that I have for you is how do you source the items in your monthly subscription box? Yes. So I get asked that question a lot. Sourcing is by far the most fun part, but also the most frustrating and time-consuming part. So I'm always on the lookout for new products. Being a office supply box, um, I find lots of great uh, products at Target, at Staples, Office Depot, anywhere I'm going. I have my eye out like looking for products. When I'm at a store physically and I see an item, I either pick one up as a sample because I like to bring one home, test out the quality, make sure it physically fits in our box because our boxes are only six by nine by three, which is pretty small. Um, but if I don't end up buying one, I'll take a picture of the front and I'll take a picture of the back next to the price tag. That way um, I know what product it is, but on the back usually is a product item or a, a website where you can look up the company that made it. And then if you, if you get a picture of the price, you can generally assume that most Price, most wholesale prices are about 50% off. So if you see Target selling it for $10, then as a wholesale buyer, you can usually get it for about $5. So that kind of gets you in the right frame of mind of, okay, what does this fit the budget? Does it fit the box? And um, will it fit well with other items? And then mm -hmm. other places that I source at are, you know, I just go look for things on Amazon. I'll look for things on Etsy. Now, we have about 1,300 subscribers right now. So an Etsy seller, it's a lot, a lot of times hard for them to hit those quantities. But in the early days of Sparkle Hustle Grow, we bought things off of Etsy. And it's really great to support those local businesses and those small businesses. Um, so I'm always looking there. And then I ask my subscribers what do you want in your boxes? And so often we have this private community for our subscribers. And so often people will just be out and about and they'll snap a picture and share it in the group. And so it's this combination of me being, you know, out at stores, looking for things online and then um, subscriber feedback. And then one last place that I go to, we just got back from New York City in February, we went to the National Stationery Show and it was super fun. It's exactly what you would expect it to be, a huge room full of stationery, pens, cards, journals, all these great things. And that's a really uh, efficient way to source items is to go where all of your vendors might be, take your box with you and show them you know, what your box is, how will their products fit in it. And this year we were actually able to make some buys on site, which was really fun. So smart. And I think that would just be easier too, because one of the questions that I have now is, okay, so you take a picture of the um, actual, where possibly where their website is. Then once they go to the website, what are they looking for? Like, who are you looking to reach out to? Because I'm thinking from the brand standpoint, we normally look for like PR or anything like that. So is it someone similar or who are you looking to get in contact with? It's typically going to be someone in sales or marketing. Um, if they're... See, I don't really like to go into it asking for free product. That is, that leaves a bad taste in a vendor's mouth. It gives a bad reputation to the subscription box industry. So I almost always go in with the same line. Hi, my name is Julie Ball and I run Sparkle Hustle Grow, a monthly subscription box for female entrepreneurs. We're interested in sourcing X amount of this X product. 
Who do I need to speak with about this? And that just gets the conversation started. It's such a simple way to kind of get your foot in the door. I send that via email or I'll send it via a contact form on the website. Or even if they don't have any, you know, wholesale information on their website, go to their Facebook page. Nine times out of 10, you can message someone from there and they'll be able to at least point you in the right direction. Okay. I love that. So now how far out are you actually sourcing the items for the box? So at if this, we're looking at like, let's say um, March, I feel like a little too close. Like if we were looking at April. Yeah. So at this point, I'm looking typically at three months at a time, three months out, um, specifically because sometimes vendors need that extra time to pull together the amount of inventory um, that we need. Because when we buy something, we're buying thirteen to 1400 of one specific item. And because all the boxes are the same that we send out, they're a batch shipment of the same products. Right. So, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not surprising to buy that far out, but then sometimes, you know, things fall through and you have to hustle. And the, the shortest time frame that I've seen that I've had to buy was two to three weeks out in advance. And companies like pen companies or stationary, they can usually hit those types of deadlines. But when it comes to, to sourcing tech gear or books, usually need a little bit more of a lead time. Okay. Plus that gives you time to one, negotiate with them. Um, whatever price point that they give you right away, you can always ask for better. You know, can you give me free shipping with that? Or can I get an extra 10% off? Um, it doesn't hurt to ask. If they say no, you can still buy the product. Um, and then you also want to build in enough time for natural, I don't want to say it, but like natural disasters happen. There's fires, there's floods, there's hurricanes. And you have to make sure that you've planned far enough in advance that if something happens and your shipment gets delayed a week or two weeks, you still have enough time to repack it and ship it. Um, you know, one thing that we just dealt with and we were prepared for it this year, but in years past, we weren't was Chinese new year. So sometimes when you buy things, if they're coming across, you know, multiple customs areas, you have to build in extra time. They also could be, be um, held at customs if they need further inspection. So there's just all these little things. And that's why I um, try to purchase so far out three months usually. I yeah. love that. No, it's, so, it's just little things you wouldn't necessarily think of like Chinese New Year, for example. That's exactly. Great example. Um, what about your custom packaging for the company that you use? Are you using a specific company for that? How do you go about figuring out which packaging to use? Yeah, the um, company that I use currently for Sparkle Hustle Grow is called Giver Pack, G I V R Pack. Okay. And what really drew me to them was that they have a social impact side of it. They have they implement social good within their boxes. So for every um, for all the boxes that we get created for us, Giver Pack will, um, they will, I think it's 20X, they will plant 20 times the trees that we actually use. So they're giving back, they're kind of replenishing the resources that we're using to create our business, which makes it, you know, socially responsible. Um, and we've used some other custom packaging firms in the past. We've used uh, Company Box, which is in Charlotte. And you're, you're near Charlotte. Um, yes. And we've, we love them. They did great work. But we just felt that we were in a point where we wanted to build that social impact into our business. And using Giver Pack was one way to do that. 
Yes, I love that. That's such a great thing. And we'll make sure to link to that in the okay. show notes as well so that others can take a look at their website, get more information. Because I'm guessing they also have different packaging sizes because you said that yours is six by nine. Is that what you said it was? Yeah, that's right. Six by nine by three. So okay. what you do is you speak with them about um, the different sizes and there's some standard sizes so they can you know quote those right away. But if you have custom sizes, they're happy to work with you. They have um, digital printing and they have, you know, the traditional type printing. So they have all these different options to see what's going to work best for you. And what I love about their company is that there, you talk to a human, you like talk to a real person because this is a big investment and it's a very important part of the subscription box experience. Um, our boxes are bright pink. So when they show up, it's really recognizable. It's easy to see, you know, if, if there's a, a box missing, you can contact your post office and be like, it's a pink box. And it makes it so much easier for them to find. Um, And just standing out from your typical Amazon mail or your brown boxes. um, I think for my audience, female entrepreneurs, it's a really important part of the brand experience. Now that doesn't mean that it has to be that way across the board. Everyone needs to really get to know their target audience and whether or not that would have an impact on, on their experience. I think that's so smart. And I didn't even think about the fact that the packaging, because now I'm thinking of my husband's subscription boxes and they are, they look like typical Amazon boxes. So the fact that it does stand out, that it's pink, it's so smart. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) So which shipping software do you use? I feel like these pieces, there's so many moving pieces with it. There are a lot of moving parts of this. Um, I use Pirate Ship for our software. We've been using it since I started in October of 2016 when we sent our first boxes. Pirate Ship is a free shipping software that um, it it integrates directly with CrateJoy, which is the software platform I use to run my entire business. And so that was one thing. But two, they don't charge a monthly fee, and they don't upcharge their postage. They use the collective power of lots and lots and lots of small businesses to get those those high quantity discounts, that commercial rate that that you couldn't get on your own. So for example, if you walk into the post office, you're going to pay a specific rate that the post office gives you at the counter. Then there's commercial rate shipping, which Typically, in a, with a lot of softwares, you're going to pay a monthly fee to access that. Well, Pirate Ship is a, a bunch of guys that have been in the subscription box industry themselves were lacking the software they needed and were tired of being gouged on, on postage prices, so they designed their own software. And it's really intuitive software. It um, gives you all of your tracking information. It shoots out tracking emails, and their customer service is amazing. And they talk like pirates, <laughs> which is super fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. No, I love that they are real people. I think that that is so important when you feel like you can just want to ask a simple question. I know. <laughs> get to someone. Oh, no, that's great. So now I know with yours, you charge the shipping is separate. Is that right? We do. We have our box price and then we have a flat rate for shipping. We only ship to the U.S. and Puerto Rico and military addresses. Um, And we do not include the shipping because we want it to be clear to our audience that what you're paying for here is the box items. And we want to be able to use that budget, that money to maximize what's going to be in the box. Then over here, this flat rate shipping, that's 
charging, that's paying the postage to physically get the box to you. We're so used to the Amazon world of free shipping, Amazon Prime, it's going to be there in two days and you're not paying for it. But the reality as a business owner is there is a shipping charge that you have to pay one way or another to get box from point A to point B. So whether you decide to kind of mask that in as, you know, free shipping or shipping included, that's fine. But then you face the challenge of having enough product in your box to match the value of what the consumer knows they paid. So for example, if they just say for really easy numbers, if they paid $10 for a box and they paid, um, you know, $5 in shipping, they expect to get $15 worth of product. Um, if that's kind of marketed as free shipping. And so we just, you know, we're selling to business owners. We, we hope that we're being very clear to them on how it works. Um, we really believe in transparency. So um, our shipping actually does cost a little bit more than what we charge. Um, and shipping rates increase every single year. And so we do absorb a little bit of it, but um, we really love the idea of flat rate shipping because it's it's clear and it lets us maximize the box budget for box items. Does that make yeah. sense? It totally does. And it, that way, as a consumer, like you said, you know exactly the value of what you're getting in the box. And yeah. That, and that makes total sense. I love that. It's a big debate in the subscription box industry, and I have there's no doubt about it that the marketing language of free shipping or shipping included sells better. We've seen it with conversion rates, but um, for me, I just wasn't willing to compromise that perception of, you know, because people, they will add up the retail value of what's in the box to make sure, not everybody, but there's going to be those customers that do. Um, and so we just wanted it to be, you know, a non-issue from the get-go. Right. Okay. So I knew one of the questions that came up with a client that's starting a subscription box and her concern was about the home address. Yeah. How do you handle that? Are you using your home address as where it's being shipped from as a sender or no? We don't. We use a P.O. box. And um, when you're shipping from home and then have a P.O. box, like a lot of people will start shipping from home. We shipped through, uh, from our house until we hit about the 400 to 450 mark. And then we hired a warehouse because we physically ran out of space. So we use a P.O. box and our warehouse is actually really close. It's within, say, probably 20 miles of our, of our post office. So we can still use that PO box, even though it's being shipped from the next town over. Okay. So I don't know what the actual terms are when it comes to the post office, how close it needs to be from your shipping origin to your shipping, your, your return destination. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, but we are, we are close enough that we can use that PO box. Otherwise, if you're using a warehouse, they could be returned right back to the warehouse um, and use the warehouse shipping address. But I definitely don't recommend using your home address. That's just putting it out there. Um, and, you know, you have to protect your family and you want to protect your business. Um, you should have a business address anyhow. So right. that's what I recommend. I, I really love using the PO box. It's been seamless for us. Okay. Yes. No, that's definitely smart to do. Like you said, with your family and whatever else. Absolutely. Um, so what is the best profit margin for a script subscription box? Is there like a go-to percentage that you should be looking for? Well, you can't answer, I can't answer that with a one size fits all. And here's why. Some people are 
making their own product, they're obviously going to have a better profit margin than someone like me who's buying product from another person. Okay. And then there's the idea of I run a discovery box where every single month there's different things in there versus a replenishment box like a razor box. Um, you know, you if you sell razors, you know what your cost is for your box every single month. And it's not going to change because you're pretty much shipping the same thing. Right. So there's a lot of variance because of those factors. Um, what I've seen in the industry is to reach for anywhere between 30 to 50%. Um, you know, some months I'm, I'm below that, some months I'm way below that. Um, but that's a good kind of, it's like a moving target. You know what I mean? Right. I, I know going into each month what my budget is. If I max it out, this is what my product budget is. And then I have, you know, this is what's going to be covered for shipping. And this is what's going to be covered for any other kind of the cost of doing business type things. So you have to look at it that way to figure out what is variable each month and give yourself a good range to stay within that that kind of variable budget. Um, so I would say somewhere between 30 and 50%. But again, if even if it's 20 or 25 that's still okay, you know, especially at the beginning, because with the subscription box industry, it's definitely not a get rich quick scheme. You can grow your profit profitability through the efficiencies of scale. So say you buy 50 books from someone, you're going to get X price. Say you're buying 1500 books from them, you're going to get a better price. Right. And so there's ways for you to improve that profit margin as you grow and scale your subscriber base. Okay. That is what I was thinking was the example that you just gave with the 15, the 1500, you're going to get a less expensive price for the 1500, just like you would. Yes. Right. No, that makes total sense. Okay. All right. So when you first started, mm -hmm. did you pre-sale? I did. So I think it's so important to have a pre-launch and a pre-sale. So the pre-launch to me is when you start sharing that, hey, I've got this new idea. We're launching it. You've started your social media. Maybe you have a landing page to gather email addresses. That's what I consider your pre-launch. And the sooner, the better for that, in my opinion. Start getting it out there. Start sharing information, asking questions. And then for me, for a pre-sale, I like to say, you know, I, I coach other students and, or I coach other aspiring subscription box owners. And I tell them, a pre-sale in my eyes is you have your VIP email list. You have those people who have been following you and give them a special deal as a pre-sale. They get first dibs on the first 50 boxes. Say you only are going to do 50 boxes in your first month. Yes. You, you as the VIP, because you're on my email list, you get access to this pre-sale. Um, so I think, you know, a pre-sale could be anywhere from one to two weeks before you launch it to the public then, because that gives people a good chance to, um, you know, get their wallets out and, and be part of those early adopters. Um, now, there's a million ways you could run a pre-launch and a pre-sale, but that's the way that I did it in the past. And that's the way that I coach it. Um, not saying that that's the only way. But I really like the idea of treating your, your email list as the VIPs and giving them first dibs on anything so they don't miss out if you were to sell out when you launch it to the public. Okay. Would you recommend capping it at a certain number based upon maybe the people that you have on a wait list or something like that so that you can kind of know how many you're looking to sell out of? 
Yeah. So it's really depends on what your goals are. So for me, when I launched in October, 2016, 100 was my goal in that first month. So that was four weeks of selling to the public and about two weeks of my pre-sale to my email list. And um, so total of six weeks of selling. And I think I sold something, I think it was 42 or 45. And then I sold some, I ended up sending about 60 some in that first month when all was said and done, when I sent out some influencer boxes. Um, I started marketing it saying only a hundred boxes available to give that sense of urgency to show that there was a limited supply, but I didn't start buying products until I was a few weeks in. So I knew how much to buy. Um, There is going to be some kind of educated guesses. You have to kind of consider also what you have, like if you're, if you have cash to spend or if you're putting everything on credit, you don't want to overdo it. I truly believe in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like scaling intentionally. I didn't try to say it's a free for all. I'm going to sell as many as I can in my first month because that would just be really stressful. Right. I didn't want to run my business in a way that it controlled me. I wanted to have that control. And so when I'm doing my coaching, I'll usually talk them through that. I'll say, okay, let's look at what would be a good number for your first month that you would feel really good about. Let's just start marketing with that number. And you know what? If you sell them all and there's time, then buy some more inventory and say, okay, 20 more freshly released get your hands on these now, we will sell out. It's your business. You can pivot, you can pull back, you can push forward with your numbers um, as you choose to. But I always just think you need to put it into perspective where it's not going to really stress you out about not hitting that number um, or playing too small or playing too big. It's your business. It's your own race that you're running. So um, do what's best for you in your current situation. So I guess that kind of goes along with the, uh, another question that I have for you. Do you recommend stopping? So let, let's say for, I know a lot of times people will do themed boxes, mm-hmm. right? And they'll do it up to, so this is March's box. If Do you recommend cutting it at a certain point and saying, okay, March is done. Now I'm looking to do for April and you change over um, maybe the sales so that people can, the sales page or however they're signing up. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So with the subscription box industry, that's exactly how it works. You have a sales cycle. And so to make a really easy example, say you start selling your box on the 1st through the 30th, okay? And you're selling all your March boxes during that time frame. If you sell out on, say, the 20th and you still have 10 days of that sales cycle, you have two choices. You could either say, we're sold out, get on the wait list and start building up your email list and that anticipation. So you have people to, to sell to as soon as you relaunch your next box. Or you can reach out to your vendors and say, hey, can I get X more of these? Can I get 50 more of these? And then just continue selling. Okay. So there is a, typically with a batch shipping, like, like I do, I ship out all of my boxes on the same day on the 18th. Um, we, our cutoff is the, on the 15th of every month it's on, actually it's on the 16th of every month. And so we start selling the next month's box that on that 16th, like when it switches over to the next month. So if that, hopefully that makes sense in the, in the illustration I used, if you were on the first through the 30th, then the first of the next month, you'd start your next box sales cycle. 
So yeah, you have choices. If I typically, if I sell out, then I start my wait list. I don't want to have to scramble and get more product. It just makes it for a couple of really busy days for me when I could just start, you know, marketing the next month and, and gathering email addresses for the wait list. Yes. I remember when I signed up, it was past that 16th. So I knew that I wasn't getting like that next month coming, but it was to get in as the box that were becoming after that. Yeah. And the good thing is too, if you don't sell out, you can still put those in an online shop and people can buy them afterwards. So if I have more than enough inventory, as soon as that cutoff date hits, I start selling the next month's And then I put any excess inventory in the shop and start promoting that a little bit. Say, hey, did you miss out? We have a few left. Go to the shop and and snag yours. So um, yeah, that's one thing that a lot of new subscription box owners really get anxious about. And I did too, is having excess inventory too much rather than selling out. And there are so many ways to use that excess inventory, whether it's selling it in the shop or sending it to events to be a sponsor or sending it to influencers. There's so many ways. So I I would encourage people to think about that too. You don't want to overshoot your inventory, but if you do, it's okay. Don't panic. Right. Yes. So you mentioned Crate Joy. Mm -hmm. How exactly are you using that site? So it is a cart software that is specifically made for subscription boxes in that it is recurring. So you choose what your cutoff dates are and when your renewal date is. So for us at Sparkle Hustle Grow, our renewal date is the 30th every month. So Crate Joy on the 30th of every month renews everyone that's on a month to month subscription. It's like that automatic thing. So for most cart softwares, it's kind of a one and done. You bought something, here's your receipt, you're going to get your shipment. For for CrateJoy and the subscription um, industry, it's that renewing, renewing thing. Now you can either do it batch shipping like I do, where everything happens on the same day, or an ongoing shipping where it's um, you renew on the anniversary of when you bought it. So a lot of replenishment boxes are like that. So ex- again, for the example with shave clubs, you get your, say you bought it on the first of the month, you get your package on the first of the next month, you're going to renew again and get your package. Make sense? Yes. It's kind of a a really messy kind of way of looking at e-commerce, but it's such a great, it's really a great model because that recurring revenue helps you project better. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. And it's going to make it easier moving forward to be able to source the items to know what you need absolutely makes sense to me. Anytime you can have recurring revenue, whether it's a subscription box or it's a product or it's a service, I think it's just smarter that way. Yeah. So then the other side of CrateJoy is they have a marketplace. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but think of Etsy where vendors can list their products. CrateJoy is a marketplace for subscription box owners where that you can list your um, subscription box. And I have a listing there. And on average, I get about 20 to 25% of my business from that marketplace every single month. And so there's no fee to be on the marketplace. It's a pay per acquisition. So if they make a sale on my behalf, then they have a kickback fee. I pay them a percentage of it. Right. Okay. That makes total sense. So now, is there a social media platform that you have found it works well to be able to market your subscription box? Yeah, we just focus on Facebook and Instagram, but primarily on Facebook because we use Facebook ads at this point. In the early stages of the business, I didn't use Facebook ads and I used 
you know, genuine interaction in Facebook groups, which Facebook groups are a little different now than they were two years ago. (laughs) Um, And we have a referral program. So all of those things work really, really well on Facebook primarily. And a lot of people do their unboxing videos as Facebook lives. So that's where we see most of our conversions. Now, the Instagram side of it works really well for our pictures and our behind the scenes. People love to see pictures of the warehouse, like the dirty, messy warehouse. And then, you know, actually, it's not dirty. I shouldn't say that. But it's like (laughs) concrete floors and shelving and not a pretty office what you're expecting to see. Right. Um, but they love to see that hands-on, like behind the scenes work. And that gets some of our most interaction are those behind the scenes um, pictures on Instagram. Yes. I think I first heard of your box on Instagram. That's how I found it. I feel like someone was talking about it or someone had tagged you in their stories. Cause that's what I love that you guys do is you have it inside your boxes. You tell everybody exactly what to do to tag you, show it in their stories mm-hmm. and you're resharing it. So it's, you know, giving them, you're almost connecting other female entrepreneurs that way too. I'll go through the stories and check to see, Oh, who's that? That is also getting the box. Yeah. <laughs> your business is. So yeah, no, I love the model that you're using. I just Thank think you. it works so very well. So Julie, what are the best places to find you? Obviously Instagram, but what's your handle? It's just at sparkle hustle grow both on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Perfect. And you have some really exciting news that we were talking about prior to getting onto the call. Share with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So we're hosting a work hard, play hard women's business retreat this fall in September of 2019. And it's going to be in Riviera Maya, Mexico. And we are going to get spoiled while we're there because with Sparkle Hustle Grow, our kind of the way we think of the hustle is very different than that work, 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 work that you just see everywhere. We believe that there should be more of a balance between the work and the play where we always have to remember why we're in this. This isn't just to work hard. It's to, to make an impact and, and to make an income. Yes. But it's also for thriving in community. It's about empowering each other and cheering each other on. And um, so often we forget that. So we decided to host this retreat at an all-inclusive resort so that we could work and play together. And so you can find more information about that at sparklehustlegrow.com forward slash retreat. We will make sure to link to that in the show notes as well as have all of your social media handles. Because if you are not following Sparkle Hustle Grow, you obviously need to. You all know how I feel about it on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Make sure you're tagging and taking a look. We will also have a link, obviously, to the website so that if you're not doing the best business expense ever yet, you can make sure that you do. Um, It is honestly my favorite thing that comes every single month. And it is a fabulous business (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much, Julie, for taking the time to hop on and to talk to us. Julie is also uh, a sponsor of Influencer Entrepreneurs Academy this year. So we are so very grateful that we are, you're being part of our community as well and just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Well, we appreciate what you're doing for female entrepreneurs specifically, and um, we're cheering you guys on. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it. Julie is clearly a wealth of information and knowledge. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to take the information from this interview with all of the resources that we link to in the show notes and start to possibly think about how a subscription box 
could possibly be an income stream for you in your business. I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. If you have a chance to leave a review, I would so appreciate it. It helps others to be able to find me. Plus, if you would be so kind as to leave a screenshot on Instagram stories, I love being able to see where you guys are listening, how you're listening. So if you take a quick screenshot of the episode that you're listening to and just tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose on your Instagram stories, you'll get a message back from me as well as a reshare. And I do so appreciate it when you guys do that because again, it gets the word out. And with podcasters, it can often be difficult because if if you're not someone that listens to podcasts, you're not necessarily going to know about it. So having other people that listen to podcasts talk about it just gives me the opportunity to get in front of more people. And you know that for me, it's really about helping people be able to move forward. So until next time, I will see you all then. 